a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free, tis a gift to come down where you ought to be. I love that hymn from the Shakers. And I was thinking about it this week because a couple of weeks ago, my study group, which is a dozen UU ministers who get together, it's kind of a misnomer. We don't really study. It makes it sound like we're serious and academic, and that's not who this group is, for which I am so grateful. But this group that calls itself a study group, a couple weeks ago on a chilly spring day, we traveled to Canterbury Shaker Village in New Hampshire so we could experience directly what the Shakers had created there. You may know that the Shakers themselves are all gone now, but I discovered that their spirit still pervades that place their buildings and the furniture they made and that land that they farmed. In their work and in their worship, the Shakers knew how to put themselves in the way of grace. Our trip to Canterbury reminded me of what a sacred place looks like and feels like. How I feel better being in such a place For me, it's like being in church. It certainly has something to do with beauty and with the care people have taken in a particular place over a period of time. I think it also has something to do with an attentiveness to spirit. And you know it can happen anywhere. The farmer Wendell Berry says there are no unsacred places, just sacred places and desecrated places. The Shakers saw their work as a kind of prayer that was as deep and as important as their more traditional praying. They developed this kind of whole body religion, head and heart and hands working together and worshiping together. And they had a saying that expressed their spirituality. You see it on quilts and little framed artworks things. It's a hand with a heart in the middle of it. And the expression is hands to work, hearts to God. And I wonder, have you ever experienced this? I imagine you have when you are fully engaged in something and you realize how happy and at peace you are, in that moment you have found yourself in a state of grace. You may have this experience cooking for people that you love or perhaps doing chores, maybe preparing a community meal with others downstairs here or working in a garden or making art. Hands to work, hearts to that fathomless mystery that is all around if we will only notice. Who among us couldn't use more of that? I've loved this month of grace when we've been reflecting on what grace is, 
where we find it, how we partake of it. I regularly experience this community as a place of grace. In the joyful gatherings and in the hard places too, so many opportunities for grace in our midst. I'm thinking of Sandra's beautiful sermon from last Sunday about her humanist hunt for grace. And I loved what she said about grace being available to everyone. And her idea that sometimes grace takes time and practice and effort that we can build our muscles for grace, so to speak. Also, I really appreciated her understanding that grace is not dependent on God, that we are here to share and bless one another with grace. And so amen and yes to all of that. And also to something I learned from her that she found from science, this idea that she lifted up that there can be grace that happens in our brains when one shifts from the more detail and linear-oriented left brain to the right brain with its creative, fluid connection to the universe. That caught my attention, particularly that word fluid. And this is where I want to go today, to turn toward that creative, fluid connection to the universe. Because that certainly is a way, maybe the primary way that I have experienced grace. When I am still, when I can let the noise in my brain settle down and get beneath the surface of things for a time, I sense that we are, as Bo said earlier, connected to one another, connected in ways I can't fully articulate or even understand, that we are part of a great energy a great love, a great oneness. The Universalist minister, David Bumbaugh, put it this way. He said, beneath all our differences, behind all our diversity, there is a unity that makes us one and binds us forever together. In spite of time and death, and the space between the stars. This is what I want to remind you of today, that we are part of a big and ongoing river of grace that is flowing through the world and in our lives, into our hearts and souls and bodies, inviting us to remember that life is good and a gift inviting us to hear the music of the universe and to join in the chorus. We each go through times of dryness in our lives, times of feeling lost and disconnected. But if you hang in there, and it helps if you ask for help, 
It is from that place of seeming lostness that you can be found, that a new way of being can emerge. This is easier said than done, of course. But when you find yourself in that place of dryness or desolation, try not to despair. Because it is in that place where eventually a new source of living and being will emerge. A new source of living water will spring up, often where you least expect it. This is my experience and my faith, that there is a source of goodness flowing like a river that is there, that is here, to nourish us and bless us, and it will never dry up. And I hope you can trust this too. I wanted to put a disclaimer on our little um, e-news and Facebook announcement, River of Grace, parentheses, not a fishing sermon. Because <laughs> some of you who know me, you may have wondered, right? <laughs> that said, I do have a story with fishing in it <laughs> that's related to the first hymn we sang this morning. You're shocked, shocked. <laughs> So we started off our service this morning singing the great old hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. There are several verses of that hymn that didn't make it into our hymnal. And a couple of summers ago on a fishing trip to Yellowstone, one of those verses became my companion. I was there earlier in the summer than usual and as life would have it, it had been a particularly snowy winter out there. All that snow takes a while to melt, and it runs off the mountains and down into the rivers, and this runoff brings a halt to the fishing for a month or more in the spring and early summer. It's a season out there called runoff. So when I arrived, the Yellowstone River, which is my favorite place to fish and the place that I dream about, that river was roaring, something like over 10,000 cubic feet of water per second rushing by. It was, it was high, it was cold, and definitely unfishable. So I had to look around for other rivers. Searching for those waters and hoping to find some fish, I became aware of how fragile it all is, how utterly dependent I am on good fortune, on luck, on grace, not just in fishing, also in life. And as I walked along those rivers searching for that mysterious blessing that is bestowed by trout, I started singing one of these verses that had been left out of our hymnal. It goes, 
Oh, to grace, how great a debtor Daily I'm constrained to be Let thy goodness, like a fetter Bind my wandering heart to thee This became my theme song for that trip and also my prayer. Oh, to grace how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Because those somewhat adverse conditions forced me to try new things and explore new waters, and of course, this led me to new and unexpected experiences of beauty and joy and grace, and no trout were harmed in the making of that story, (laughs) unless you count a little hook hole in the corner of their jaw, which does heal, so they might disagree, but... So this is how life is, right? We like to plan and prepare, we have hopes and expectations. And things seldom work out the way we imagine or plan. Sometimes they work out better than we hoped, sometimes not. A funny thing about grace is that it can show up when you least expect it, and sometimes in the most surprising places and disguises. A person you don't even really like that much one day surprises you with their kindness. On a day when everything that you had prepared seems to be going wrong, in the middle of it, somebody tells you how much it all means to them. For me, one of the blessings of being in community is that my perceptions and my judgments are always being corrected and being updated by new experiences and new information. Isn't this a kind of grace? When grace comes, it can feel like relief or peace or ease, but grace is no fair weather friend. It's especially important and needed in the hard times, and that's when it seems to show up most and when it's most powerful like the sun breaking through a hole in the dark clouds. And I wonder, could it be that we're more likely to experience grace when we've been broken open? Because that's when we've let down our guard, and it's then that grace can find a way in. I'm not saying that grace is magic like rainbows or unicorns, or that bad things always work out okay. No. I just know there is more to the story than pain and brokenness. There are people who show up when you need them, who don't run away from trouble. And there is a spirit of grace flowing like a river. Haven't you felt it? 
Rachel Held Evans was a young woman who got sick and died in the prime of her life. Through her writing, she effectively had a church online, and her courage and generosity of spirit brought grace to people she never got to meet. She showed religious people how to be better humans, encouraging us to get out of our heads and into our lives and relationships. You heard this already, her reflecting on her own life when she wrote, the quality I most want to nurture is grace. For myself, for the people around me, and for this planet I call home. I want to be less judgmental and more open. I want to be quicker to forgive myself when I make a mistake. I want to look for the divine under every stone, down every forgotten street, and in every puddle of rain. I want to give others the benefit of the doubt, to make more casseroles and give more time, to listen better to those who live differently than me. I want to forgive. I want to let go. I want to relax a little and let my guard down and not take things quite so seriously. I want grace to move from my head into my heart and my hands so that I live up to my name. In this season, when the grass is green and growing and birds are flying around singing and building nests, in this season that invites us to say yes to life, can you trust that there is a river of grace flowing in our world, a spirit of love and possibility? In a world that knows too much of pain and brokenness, a spirit of healing and wholeness. There is a river flowing in our souls and in the universe. There is a unity that makes us one and binds us forever together. Can you trust that? Let us be open to that river of grace which is always there, inviting us to receive its blessing and then to pass it on. Now and always, this dance of receiving and giving. Receiving and giving. Amen.